Hour two, the game, the game after work. It's our final live show of the week. And hear from Curry Saxon in just a moment, plus Mitch in Vegas. Number one song uh, is all coming up. If you miss any of our one, which we had a Oklahoma State preview with Robert Allen, AEW world champion on the women's side, Soraya. Just look up the game. On 1350K-Man, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a follow as well to keep up uh, with the show. I announced uh, at the end of this last hour, coming up next week on Tuesday's show, will be uh, the first of the game, outside of Wildcat Insider. Uh, Chris Jericho will be joining us to promote uh, AEW's Dynamite live on TBS, which will be taking place in Independence, Missouri. And Travion texted me, and I I threw your whole text here, you want me to ask him about Kiss? Yeah, he's the band a, Kiss. He's a giant Kiss fan, and he's personal friends with Paul Stanley. So I'm just curious if he'll go to one of the last shows at Madison Square Garden in December. Chris, that's when they're wrapping things up. Chris Jericho and I have a mutual friend, um, and that's Richard Christie from the Howard Stern Show. Uh, oh, nice. Richard Christie is a huge reason why I got my job here at the radio station because he knew some folks here, right. um, and. I went to hang out with Richard Christie one night. He invited me out in New York City, and he surprised me. He's like, Mitch, there's a uh, there's somebody here going to join us in a little bit. And he walks in, Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. The Yocho has arrived. But we'll hear from uh, the demo god himself uh, for Tuesday's show right before AEW Dynamite. We ready to go with Curry? Yep. All right. Let's bring in the former K-State Wildcat, the 1,000-yard receiver back in 2014. Curry Sexton now joins us here on the show. Curry, uh, earlier today, I, I, I caught during my lunch break uh, some of the movie Wayne's World. And there's a uh, moment in the movie where they're driving down the road and they start talking about the last song they heard uh, before they left the house. What was the last song you heard before this interview? That, that's a good question. Honestly, I don't even know. Um, I drove. I drove over. I just got out of my car and I drove over here in silence. So I don't know what the last song I heard was. Honestly, it was probably, it was probably a, a little, a little kid song that my daughter listened to on repeat pretty much all day long. Are you when you drive? Are you a windows down guy, or do you ch- typically keep them up and have the uh, AC or heater on? I guess it just all it all just depends on. Uh, you know what time what, what time of year it is and what the weather is looking like. Um, you know, I think you know, like a day like today when sun's shining and there's a breeze and, and it's cool out. I you know like to roll with the windows down, but um, you know when it's when it's super hot or super cold like it often is in Kansas, um, I uh, I prefer to have my my heater or my AC blowing. I think a couple of years ago when K-State played down in Stillwater, I think they ended up driving, but they flew out today down to Stillwater and get ready for this game tomorrow, of course, against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. But the Cats coming off a bye at this point, like, how how much would you be chomping at the bit to finally get back out there and play a game? Uh, big time, big time. I mean, you think about, you know, they, they, had, a, they had a grueling offseason, and then you go through a four- or five-week camp, get into the season – uh, where the weeks are a lot shorter and game day is always on the horizon, and to have four games and then have to take two weeks off between games is always difficult. Um, you know, game weeks are nice because, you know, Sunday is typically an off day. I know it is for Coach Kleiman's group on a, on a normal Saturday game week. They go hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a lighter practice. 
uh, Friday's just meetings, and then Saturday's game day. And so those weeks just fly by, and game day is always just right there. And so, yeah, when you have a bye week, especially a bye week at this point in the season, it's, you know, you just can't wait to get back out there. Last week, of course, we talked about the, the game of DJ Giddens. He nearly had 300 yards rushing and receiving combined in those four touchdowns, a performance that we just had not seen since Darren Sproles did it a couple of times with the yardage. But now Sean Ward is back. Uh, you know, Tra- um, Keegan, Keegan Johnson and RJ Garcia, they're more healthy. It's the healthiest, and it sounds weird, but it's the healthiest K-State's been maybe all year, even though two linebackers are out for the season. Giddens touches is going to be an interesting question on how many times he will get the ball. We've had this question a couple of times on the show. If I set the over under at 18 and a half, how many t- are you going over or under for Giddens touches against the Cowboys? I think I, I think I'm going under and and we just got into a truck and my my buddy's got, got KMAA, he's got the game on. So sorry <laughs> for the feedback. Uh but I'm sure he doesn't want to listen to me twice. Uh <laughs> so, anyways, I, I think, you know, I expect the Cavs to win pretty handily. Um, and, and also with Trayshawn Ward being back, DJ's touches are going to be more limited. So I would say under, um, I, I would say under 18 and a half. What are your expectations? Maybe not a, a yardage or touches prediction, but just your expectations for Keegan, who's now supposed to be as healthy as he's been since the season began against Oklahoma State? It's hard to say. I mean, I think everybody's waiting for that breakout game just because that's you know we expected him to be the uh, you know to have to be a big time playmaker for us this year, but that hasn't been the case because of injury. So I, I my thought would be you know naturally he's coming off by of week and he's seen, he's seemingly been getting healthier and healthier that, that he's got a big you know has a big performance tomorrow, but um, that might be that might be imposing you know too lofty of a of an expectation on him. Um, but I, but I do think at some point this season and everyone maybe tomorrow we're going to see Keegan really break out. I know the vertical passing game, Keegan. You know, he if he can really break out, can make this this receiving group who's already been pretty good could turn him from good to great. But do you have more optimism in this game tomorrow that the passing game will take off more than it has, or the secondary is going to stop giving up the huge plays? I think probably the latter. Um, I think, you know, obviously Keegan's banged up. I think now RJ's banged up. Um, it's, you know, it, it's hard to say what we're going to get from those two guys and therefore the whole receiving group. I, I, I think I've said this, you know, previously. I've been, aside from some missed assignments, um, I, I've been really impressed with our defensive backfield. And I think with, with more time and, and more coaching, more film work, I think that's going to be a really, really good group. So I, I fully expect our, our you know, defensive backs have a strong game tomorrow, especially against an Oklahoma State offense that has struggled in a lot of ways and has struggled to move the football. Um, so I think I expect a lot from our defensive backfield tomorrow. And again, I, I want to make this clear. I'm not in any way hating on the wide receivers for, you know, with what K-State's working with. They've done an excellent job. Doesn't they got the shortest group of wide receivers in the Big 12 and right now the fifth best passing performance in the, in the conference. But is there anything common in the group that you could just take from when it comes to either technique, t- technique or performance, that they could do better as a group that could make them to from good to great. You know, I think the biggest thing is just not having a guy that can stretch the field out there. I mean, this has been a reliable group, um, but but RJ and, and and Phil are both more possession type receivers, and they're smaller guys. 
Jaden's got a little more size to him, but doesn't appear to have explosive speed. And so I think you're just missing a guy to really spread the defense, and that would help those you know those other guys and Ben Sennett as well on, on, on some of those intermediate or, or middle routes. So I think the, the thing that would take him to the next level is just Keegan being who we thought he was, you know, who who he was advertised to be. So the game tomorrow is sold out. It's a blackout at Boone Pickens Stadium. Uh, so even a Friday game, they're going to have it as a packed house. Where does Boone Pickens Stadium fall in the pecking order in the Big Twelve of tough places to play? When it's when it's right, I mean, I think it's I think it's the hardest place to play. Uh, you know, you think about the the, the proximity of their uh, you know the edge of their stadium to the to the sideline. They're just on top of you. Um, they're they're loud. I mean, the paddles are pretty loud and obnoxious. It's it, you know, when we played there back in 2011, I don't think I, I don't think we ever played in a louder road stadium. Um, it, it, it's a, it's an awesome place to play, and I, and I expect tomorrow night to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, how long does it take for the paddles to get annoying? You know, when you're down when you're when you're down there playing, you just zone them out. Um, I imagine as a fan, it, it, it's a lot more annoying. But you know, you don't pay too much attention to them when you're down there on, on the field. Are there many stadiums that you've been to when when you were playing that you had to climb stairs to get to the locker room? That's a good question. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think of, of all the of all the road venues we played at. I don't think we had to climb any stairs at any other place. It's a long. It's a long haul to the to the locker room down there. I, Missouri. The, the Missouri Tigers does have a visiting locker room that should have climbed stairs. It, it, it's a pretty decent climb, too. Nobody slipped on the stairs or ate it when you played? I Honestly, I can't even remember, but I don't think that was an issue. But I just I remember going you know, back and forth pregame and at halftime and thinking, man, this is a, this is a, long, this is a long walk. So, uh, you know, and it obviously impacts, it impacts your, you know, your halftime and the way you attack the halftime. I don't know if you've ever been there as a fan, but... I, I think the outside of the stadium, it's such a weird stadium. The outside, it looks like a Taj Mahal. I think the inside is a scrap metal yard. I don't think it's very good at all. Have you been there as a fan? I have not, no. But, I mean, it's you know, you can certainly tell that, this, you know, that its bones are old um, and, and, and that they've done a, you know, they've, they've, they've tried to strategically improve it. But, you know, with an old stadium, it's hard to, you know, like it's hard to put lipstick on a pig you know, and make it look too good, but I think they've done a pretty nice job. I mean, you know, they, they kind of gave us the idea of having the corner the, the corner video board, which is a nice touch, and, and it, it, you know, it's, it's a good stadium. I mean, it, it ranks up there and, and, you know, probably up in the top for me as far as as far as far venues that I got to play in. Um, I, I've never been as a fan, so I can't attest to that, but as, as a player, it's a fun place to play. Got a couple more for you here, Curry, just talking about this Oklahoma State team in general. They're 2-2. Two and two. Haven't looked great. Although they, uh, they, instead of the quarterback and running back by committee, they kind of just settled in with Alan Bowman and Ollie Gordon uh, playing those two positions. Does this Oklahoma State team worry you? I think the the one thing that worries me is they, you know, they 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 have a lot to prove. Um, you know, they've they've been really, you know, they've got a really really poor start. Um, you know, they've just struggled kind of in all facets, and and so I think you worry that coming off of a bye week, Gundy found a way to pull them together. Um, and, and, and improve on some of you know some of their their issues so far this year. So that would be my biggest you know my biggest concern. And then playing a Friday night football game in Stillwater, if we if we get the crowd into it and let them stay into it, then, then um, you know it could be it could be a difficult one for us. So I thought this would be a fun question to ask on Powercat Game Day. I'm going to 
test it out on you. Um, so Abilene kid in high school, Fridays are meant for high school football. But we, we get a college football game with K-State playing at Oklahoma State. Obviously, you went on to play at K-State, but did you ever play against anybody from another school that ended up playing major college football or major pro sports? Yeah. Um, you know, we played against a Rose Hill team um, that, that had uh, Brady Fultz on it. Brady Brady went down and played offensive guard at TCU. I'm trying to think who else. Um you know, Topeka Hayden had a couple guys who went on to play yeah. at the Division One level and, and football and baseball both. Uh, I have to think on that. I, you know, obviously I played with a guy who's in the NFL now and will be starting on on Thursday night football tonight. But I don't recall specifically if, if I played against anybody who went to the pros. Who did you just like more? Who did uh, your Abilene teams? Who did you just like more, Clay Center or uh, Chapman? Oh, Chapman for sure, for sure. That's a there's that's like K State KU. There's just there's just inherently you know there's just bad blood bred into you. Is your is your buddy a uh, high school buddy or is it later on down the no, road? No, it's, it's, it's Zach Nemechek. He, oh, he, uh, yeah. He, we played together, and he's a dentist here in town now. We're going to a uh, a bourbon tasting event out at Prairie at a Prairiewood for the Big Brothers Big Sisters. So. Well, enjoy. That does sound like a lot of fun, so it sounds like you need to get on the road. I'll let you go. Curry, thanks uh, so much for your time, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. It's Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver here on the game. And again, I want to remind everybody, Cats play tomorrow. It's weird. Friday game. I get it. Uh, But you may have to get used to it because as the Big 12 continues to grow, we're going to see more Friday, more Thursday games. Uh, in the conference, got to spread them out more. Too much to pack in on just one day. K-State and the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater tomorrow with kickoff at 6.30. It'll be televised on ESPN. The uh, broadcast will also be here on K-Man and our sister station, 101.5 K-Rock, with Powercat Game Day beginning at 2.30 in the afternoon. And then, of course, um, with the Cats playing on Friday, Manhattan Junction City also playing the same the same night. Manhattan hosting Junction City. It's the 108th meeting all time between those two programs. Battle for Silver Trophy up for grabs once again. Games at Bishop. Manhattan and Junction City will be kicking off at 7, pregame at 6.30. We have moved the game to our sister station, B1047. When we come back, it's time to make six predictions on the Vegas lines for a college football Friday slash Saturday. Mitch in Vegas is coming up next. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. That familiar music means it's time to make everybody rich. (laughs) Well, not me. (laughs) I'm struggling. You are the poorest of the four. You are. uh, You're. uh, You own. You owe people money. I need. I need to get out of town. That's what I need. I need a car right now. (laughs) You're. You're one bad bad week away from broken knees, dude. Dude, they're. They've already shown me the spot in the desert. (laughs) They. They got the spot ready for me. Well, it's time for uh, week six of Mitch in Vegas. We'll be picking, uh, we'll be making six predictions based on the Vegas lines uh, here in just a moment. Updated standings from last week. Troy and the people had the best week. They went five and one. I went four and two. D's not bad. Three and three. Even money. Yeah. Uh, So the updated standings Troy in first by a game, 20 and 15. The people are 19 and 16. I'm five back of Troy of 15 and 20. 
and DG is eight games back, uh, 12 and 23. But, hey, we're a third of the way through the regular season. I think there's plenty of time. Uh, to catch up in a lot of ground, it can a lot of it can happen in just yeah. this one week. As uh, I, I already got Troy's picks. If you want a little, a little sneak oh, peek, nice. them and uh, Baser picks off that. Yeah. Um, all right. Game number one. Of course, we always start off with K State. Uh, they play uh, in a day, a little over than 24 hours yeah. from now. Actually, like 25 hours from now. Uh, K State and the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. It is a 6:30 kickoff on ESPN. Deej, K-State is a 12-point favorite. Let me give you the people first. The people are going to pick K-State. Troy mm. going K-State. That's a lot of points on the road to cover, but I do think I think it's going to be smash. I think K-State, once again, uh, does the dang thing to Oklahoma State even down there. I will lay the points, and I'll take the Cats. This game, I think, solely just – it's going to lay on – just K-State, can they do their job? Mm-hmm. Can they get through a game in Stillwater without a number of mistakes, shooting themselves in the put, foot? Show improvement in the vertical passing game, not allowing big plays defensively. If they just take care of business, it's going to be a cruise. Mm-hmm. They're going to roll to victory in Stillwater. And the thing is, Oklahoma State, they have basically everything they need to work on. Does a bye week correct everything? Probably not. Probably not. They'll probably look a little bit better, but it's not enough to beat the Cats Mm -mm. and cover. So I'm going to take K-State to cover the 12 points. Game number two, still in the Big 12, it's the two traders in the Red River rivalry. Cotton Bowl (laughs) in Dallas, Texas. First time since 2008, both teams are undefeated heading into this game, which is shocking how it's been 15 years. Uh, But Oklahoma and Texas... Deej, uh, Texas favored by six and a half. Troy is going to take Texas. The people say Longhorns. You know, isn't it kind of weird? Oklahoma undefeated, now top 15 team. They've kind of snuck under the radar. Like, not many people really talking about them. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Texas cover six and a half. But I do think this has a potential to be like a last drive. Whoever has the last... uh, Last possession wins, but I'm still going to take Texas. I believe them until they prove me wrong. You know, I, with your logic, I agree. I, I That's the way I'm honestly thinking. It could mm-hmm. come down to fourth quarter, last couple of drives. M- my question is, does Texas come out fast? They've not been a first-half team. They've been big-time second halves where they've pulled away. Close games in first halves, and then they have big second halves. Oklahoma is improved. Mm. Their offense, I, I think Dylan Gabriel's a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers. Their defense is the big game changer. Mm. And how they're so much improved on that defensive side. But they really haven't played tough competition. So can Oklahoma's defense slow down the Texas offense? It won't be consistent. I mean, both teams are going to score points. But how often can Oklahoma stop Texas? Uh, I think we'll be a little bit surprised. I expect a close game. I'm going to pick Oklahoma. Nice. I'm going to be the, the different one and go with the Sooners mm-hmm. to cover six and a half, plus six and a half. Game three takes us to the SEC. Sorry to do this, but we're going back to Columbia, Missouri. It's a top 25 <laughs> matchup. This is a huge game. Mizzou's ranked, and they're hosting another Tiger team in LSU, the 23rd ranked team in the country. Both teams are, uh, well, I shouldn't say both teams. LSU is out of the college football playoff run. They've lost two games, and they're still just two spots back 
of Mizzou. They have had a tougher schedule. I will say that. Mm-hmm. LSU's played a tougher schedule. Mizzou's at home at 5-0. and Do you take Mizzou or LSU? The Tigers of LSU favored by 5.5. Troy takes LSU. The people going Mizzou. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the people. I think I agree. Home dogs love that five and a half. If this is, if LSU does go get a win, I think it's like the same score as K State, Mizzou 30 27 E kind of game. I think Mizzou, I, I'm going to pick them. I, I Either way, win or just cover. But uh, yeah, they got it. I think Mizzou. I'm going Mizzou as well. My thought here is LSU's defense, even though they've played a tougher schedule, is bottom 20 in the nation in allowing yards. They give up a lot of yards. So LSU's going to try to have to hold Mizzou mostly to field goals if Mizzou has a good day offensively. My thought there is I'll tip my cap to Missouri. I I will give them their 5-0 start. Good for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Brady Cook is more improved for sure. He's a tough kid. Uh, Luther Burden, statistically best wide receiver in the nation. Yeah. So I'm going to take Mizzou. I'm going to give him this opportunity to – show that they're the real deal this year against a tough opponent game four we head to lawrence back to the big 12 interesting game yeah it is really interesting ucf three and two against the four and one jayhawks ku is favored by one and a half k uh troy picking ku the people say ucf there's an odd thing going on too with Jalen Daniels. What the he's st- out. Oh, he's he out. He will not play. He's Jason out. Bean will start. Okay, so I wanted to say that has been a weird situation all week. For me, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for them. What matters is KU's defense. Are they going to be able to take care of business? UCF, I feel like, is going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to take advantage of whatever situation pops up. If they can turn KU over. This could be a this could be a win for UCF. I'm taking the Knights. Let's go. Well said. Yeah. Well said. I, I'm UCF. Jalen Daniels not playing. Jason Bean. You know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. They're at home. Should be a good crowd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, UCF might have John Rice Plumley back for this game. If he does return, that means they're going to get to once again the quarterback run game. Uh, because Timmy McLean is an electric runner, but you can't risk him too much, so they run him very little. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they can get back to that kind of bread and butter that they love to use John Rice Plumley in. So that just adds more fuel to what can be an electric offense for UCF. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to take the Knights. All right, that's game. Uh, that's game four. Game five. Back to the SEC. Another top twenty matchup. As we have the Kentucky Wildcats at the Georgia Bulldogs. Both teams are undefeated. Kentucky looked really good last week against Florida. Georgia, they had to win it in the fourth quarter at Auburn. But the Bulldogs favored by 15 points. Troy's going all favorites here. He's taking Georgia. The people say Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with the smart people. I'm going to say Georgia. That is a lot. That's a touchdown and a point there to cover. Um, but Georgia, I think they get it done. And I think they get it done in like big fashion. I think they beat the brakes off Kentucky. So I'm going Georgia too. Yeah, this is a, a tricky one. 15 points is a, is a big number. I mean, it's it's SEC football. Yeah. Anything over 14 to me is like, to me that feels too many points. For sure. uh, it, I, I see this going a lot like when Georgia played South Carolina earlier this year where uh, the Gamecocks were tough. Spencer Rattler was tough. Kind of a low-scoring game. And then Georgia, as good as they are, just dominated the second half. I'm going to lean with it the way everybody else is going, Georgia. They put on a huge second half and win the game. 
And then our final contest is back to the Big 12. Another intriguing matchup. It was an even line earlier this week. It is now moved in favor of the Red Raiders. But both Texas Tech and Baylor desperately need this victory. They need it bad. Uh, Texas Tech just blew out uh, in the second half, I should say. It was a shootout in the first half, but a a dominant performance in the second half beating Houston. Baylor, that 29-point comeback at UCF, is that the momentum they've been looking for since, I mean, really, 2022? (laughs) They haven't had any momentum yet this year. They just finally found some. Uh, So Texas Tech at Baylor, Red Raiders, a point and a half favorite. So it's basically still um, a pick Uh, Boy, um, Troy went favorites across the board. (laughs) He's going Texas Tech. The people say Red Raiders. Well, well, well. Um, I had a tough time with this one. I'm going to go with Troy because he seems to be the guy. Um, I'll take Texas Tech giving up a point and a half. If they win by one, I'm going to throw some at the TV. I promise. Oh, God. Anyway, have fun. 7 p.m. ESPN2, Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a coin toss. I think I'm going to lean Baylor. They ha- they're at home. Right. Um, Baron Morton, backup quarterback, is going to be playing for the rest of the year for Texas Tech. And they got Blake Shapin back at Baylor last week. And, and I don't know if they win that game without Shapin turning it on finally and plus a defensive touchdown. Um, you know, coin flip, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go Baylor with this win nice. and get the win uh, in Waco. That's going to do it for our Mitch and Vegas six picks of the week. We'll get the recap, of course, next week. Coming up next, your number one song of the day. You're listening to the game. Man, some uh, some sad news to report. Um, some breaking uh, sports news. Dick Buckkiss has passed away. Uh, he was 80 years old. Um, man, one of the most intimidating guys in the history of professional football, but also had one of the best names in in sports ever. Dick Buck Dick Buckkiss passes away today. That's a that's sad to hear. Always knew his name, but not being that big of a sports fan, but I always knew his name. Uh, Chicago Bear. Okay. Big time Chicago Bear. Uh, do you have some questions? I got one from Sloan today. He okay. wants to know what's from your... K-Rock. Yep, from K-Rock. When, what's your earliest sports memory in elementary school, like playing-wise? Oh, playing? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, I used to just kill it in soccer uh, during recess. I did not actually play. Well, okay, I played. Uh, I played baseball over the summers. Um, and when I was third grade, I had an inside the park home run. Nice. Did you play any sports in elementary school? I played basketball quite a bit, um, and then softball earlier on. And then I got sick of that, but um, a lot of basketball, yeah. Not too many memorable things other than I just would love to eat the nachos Man, and saw, go play. question kind of made me sad. I, I think I peaked when I was in third grade. All right, we got to go. We got the Cats and Pokes tomorrow starting at 2.30 with Power Cat Game Day. Manhattan and Junction City tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kick, pregame 6.30 on B1047. For Trey, Deej, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.